Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We're proud to say that BetDSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off at the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, There are a myriad of other sports out there that you could bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at BetDSI.com. They have a great app. I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year, you can get 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. That's 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. Use the code YARDS101. As always, YARDS101. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. YARDS101 with Bet DSI. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I do have Simon Clancy here with us, live from Japan, although this is going to be recorded. And I do have Chris Kaufman, live from trick-or-treating with his princess tonight. Guys, I think this is uh, this Japanese tour is a bit like the Spinal Tap thing for Simon. Right? Mate, I'm living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, yesterday was a rough day. I was so pissed the day before, the night before. Uh, yesterday was a struggle to struggle to get through. Seriously, and one of one of my colleagues was. I mean, if he's still if he's got out of bed this morning i'd be surprised but <laughs> and you just it was got heroic days left right because you're no fly back fly back on monday oh, okay back on tuesday so the, a wonderful 20-hour flight on monday which you can't wait mm. for all right well we just got a couple of things to talk about here and First of all, one thing that we can put to bed, we've seen all of these tweets and Chris Kaufman was mentioning it to me this morning, all the Joe Burrow over Tuatunga Bailoa people, they don't exist. They're not real people. We ran a poll on the three yards per carry account. We ran two heats and we ran a total of seven polls. The guy who did the best against Tuatunga Bailoa was Joe Burrow. He got 6% of the vote. 6%. Nobody else did any better than that. So there's really not a contingent of Dolphin fans 
that want Joe Burrow over Tua Tonga Bailoa. But what does exist, and I'm seeing them in bigger numbers, including one OJ McDuffie, a guy who we all respect, and I, and you would guess has a good eye for this, that want Chase Young over Tua Tonga Bailoa, and somehow go and get another quarterback to fill our quarterback in needs somewhere later on down the draft. I don't get this. Simon, do you? Um, look, I don't get it if you get the first pick. I get it if you're in a situation where you end up with the third pick, for example, the, maybe even the second pick, and you don't fancy Burrow or Herbert. I suspect the Dolphins would take Herbert if they ended up with the third pick or the second pick. But I think you've got to, I think that the, the, they are having conversations as we know they must about what happens if they they're not just sitting there thinking we're going to get the first pick and we're going to take Tua they will be having conversations about what happens if we end up with, with the third pick is there more value in taking Chase Young at three and then coming back and taking Jordan Love with the Pittsburgh pick or Jacob Eason with the Pittsburgh pick or Jake Fromm with the Houston pick that has to, I mean, legitimately will have to be a conversation that they're having, whether we like it or not. That's just good football. And Young is a very, very, very good player. I mean, I saw a stat earlier on. He's averaging one sack every 12 dropbacks in college football. 12 dropbacks. Miles Garrett, every 26 dropbacks. Joey Boza, every 38 dropbacks. Nick Boza, every 40 dropbacks. Bradley Chubb, every 41 dropbacks. He's averaging a sack every 12. I mean, he's a transcendent college football defensive end. So I think whilst taking him over tour for me would be ludicrous, I do think that within the Dolphins, there is a conversation happening about if we end up with a third pick, do we fill two needs by taking, you know, a, a transcendent defensive end over a, a quarterback we're not 100% sure on and coming back later on and picking a quarterback? You know, if they have... If they have two at number one and then a big gap and everybody's kind of jumbled together, you know, there's not a clear-cut second guy, then, you know, I can see a scenario. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can certainly see a scenario. If you get the number one overall pick, if you're not taking two, then somebody needs to be chucked off a bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris? I think if you – and the reality is in this league that you don't you don't take – a quarterback with your pick okay you take the quarterback with your pick yeah. that's the way the league works now and what this has meant in in uh in effect is that everybody trades up for their quarterback everybody targets their quarterback they make sure that they get their quarterback the quarterback for them it's not a court it's not well you know wh whichever one falls to us you know but but we're gonna we're gonna get this guy first and then you know we'll see which quarterback falls to us um that's that's not the way the league works it's not the, the way that uh the teams operate when they're in need of that position and i think it's a little bit naive for people to suggest that the priority needs to be chase young and then you know circle back and and see which guy falls to them and stuff like that now if, if you're talking about taking chase young and then using the rest of your assets to trade up as high as you can with from you know from that pittsburgh pick and then get the guy for you 
then I, I guess I get it a little bit more, but that's also risky. And again, I just don't see it end up playing out that way. Um, and, you know, guys like Chase Young, I, I, I respect Chase Young as the best pass rusher in this draft. I don't think he is a transcendent talent from what I've seen of him. Um, but, you know, they don't affect your team and affect your franchise the way a the right quarterback does. And so you just don't take chances when it comes to getting your next guy that you're going to put your name next to and give a couple of years of your franchise life to, to, to find out if, you know, what he's got. Um, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to be thinking about that with Miami's first pick. I'm not just talking about first n number one overall. I'm talking about wherever that ends up being, if they win a game or two, I mean, one game isn't going to be enough to knock them out of number one overall, um, in my opinion, but um, but two games might. So if that happened, they were picking, as you said, number three, I still think the quarterback's going to be the target. And, and that's just the way the league is working. That's the way, that's the way things go. Um, this Chase Young stuff, it seems like a little bit of come lately because he had the big four-sack game uh, or against Wisconsin. And all of a sudden, it sounds like, you know, people are saying he's the number one, number one talent in the league. And then, you know, one guy says this and, and now everybody else says it and, and it's become its own thing. But I don't think that was a thing a month ago. Um, and it certainly wasn't a thing before the season started. Uh, I think he's doing well, but I, I see problems with him. I mean, we can talk about him specifically, but, you know, just philosophically, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't think that you set your your franchise, your fan base up for what is becoming the most disastrous season in the team's history to go get a defensive end number one overall, okay? So I would say that all of this talk about you take Chase Young number one overall no matter what, you know, you do that Vontae Mack no matter what thing, I think it's the dumbest talk that could be out there. And I've seen some people that I do respect that are talking that way, that are saying there's not much of a difference between Tua Tungabaloa and these other quarterbacks. Go get Joe Burrow with the eighth pick. Go get Jake Fromm with the 15th pick. And forget that. You take Chase Young number one overall. I think that is the dumbest talk. And it's the dumbest thing I've heard in ages because you did not do this to this fan base. And we talked about it on the last pod. I don't know if you heard, Simon. But the ratings for this team are in the toilet. Nobody is watching these games because everybody is just waiting till the draft. You did not do this to this franchise to sit there at number one and then take Chase Young. If you wanted to tank for a defensive end, you would have done it last year for Nick Bosa. I sat at the Dade Broward All-Star game, okay, on the sideline, in a game where he was not playing, talking about Nick Bosa. And I was talking to a Louisville recruiting coordinator who was telling me that Nick Bosa was going to be not only the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He didn't end up doing that, but you know, pretty close. He was number two, but he was already proclaiming him a perennial all pro and possible hall of famer. At that point, he was a sophomore at St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay. This Nick Bosa talking about Nick Bosa. He was also, by the way, a defensive player of the month in the NFL was a transcendent defensive player. That's the guy that you could have 
thrown away most of a draft and maybe future assets to go get and make him the cornerstone of your defense. I don't think that that's what Chase Young is. And you don't do this to this fan base to go get a defensive end number one overall. I'm sorry. Just don't, don't forget, do it. though, Chase Young has not come out of the, the, you know, he's not all of a sudden just appeared. This is a guy that they've been talking up for two years in Columbus. This is not a kid that's, you know, this is not the first rodeo for Chase Young. He is a highly recruited, incredibly highly regarded uh, player on that team and has been since the moment he stepped on campus. This is, you know, uh, look, I'm not defending the Chase Young story. And like I said, taking him first overall, you know, you don't tank for a defensive end. I've said that a million times on social media and I'll say it a million times on the podcast. Um, but let's not pretend that Chase Young has just suddenly appeared out of nowhere. He has been somebody that they have been highly, highly... I mean, that that's why, you know, the the Nick Bosa, you know, sitting out the rest of the year and, you know, him going to the NFL early wasn't considered a massive blow for Ryan Day and that, and that team because they knew what they had coming down the pipe. Um, I think overall, look, one mistake, throw one interception, get injured, do one thing badly. And the people that don't really watch college football and the people that don't really, you know, they come out of the closet. We we had a guy that we had a bit of fun with the last, I don't know, last week when Tua made his interception again, when Tua had his interception against Tennessee, where he rolled to his right and threw back and it was picked. And uh, uh, and people go, that was a terrible throw. He can't, he got no instinct. He's got this, you know, and you see that, you get this every year. And then next year, at this time, when Tua's like ripping up the league and he's throwing touchdowns, he's playing really well. And people are like, yeah, we always knew he was good. There, there's always a saying, it doesn't matter who the player is. If there's a really good close player, it's easier to knock him down. And there's a narrative that's easier to knock him down than it is to, to build him up. Time will tell. But, you know, you only have to put the tape on to realise how good he is. And he checks all the boxes, all the boxes. You know, I mean, you hope that his ankles are fine and I'm sure that they will be. And is that a concern for two? Of course it will be. Is his height a concern? Of course it will be. But it's only, it's just part of the picture. Just to put on the tape, see what he does. And you know that this is the guy that this team needs to be having leading us moving forwards. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's the ultimate no-brainer. And like I said, if we take anybody over him, then they should be chucked off a bridge or thrown into a fiery furnace. Well, let me add just one that. thing. Let me add just one thing about defensive end and a pass rusher. And, and that's just because, you know, I think that there's a lot of people think that this might be, that this would be a safe pick. And I get that Nick Bosa, there's been a good run of pass rushers lately with Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, you know, Bradley Chubb, Joey Bosa. Those have been good players. Um, Jadavian Clowney wasn't the player that was envisioned at number one overall. He was just traded for a third round pick. There's more. There's Deion Jordans, though. There, you know, Ezekiel Ansah was not, you know, not what he was supposed to be. Barcavius Mingo was a laugh. Tyson Jackson, Chris Long was kind of a passed around journeyman type, not necessarily Cleveland the guy you was take. Overdrafted. Absolutely, this year. But I mean, Chris Long was passed around like a like a mid round free agent or a mid mid level free agent, not a number three overall guy. Leonard, I mean, Leonard Williams was just passed around for third and fifth round picks. Vernon Golston was terrible. Gaines Adams was terrible. Rest in peace. Uh, Jamal Anderson from that same draft. 
Uh, Mario Williams was a number one overall and he had some good years, but it was like, it was up and down, you know, was he really a Jason Taylor type? Are we talking about Alden Smith made a splash and then fried himself out of the league? Um, Dante Fowler, Leonard Floyd, Vic Beasley. Are we talking about, you know, these are all top 10 picks. Okay. These are all like top eight type picks and yeah, there's some successes here, but there's also a lot of, failures and there's also a lot of mixed results and stuff like that like this is not you know I I get that taking a quarterback can be scary sometimes but if it's all going to be kind of a toss of the dice you want it to be at the most important position on the field you know with guys that we've been talking about for years as being top quarterbacks for this draft and we're talking about now Tua Tungavailoa you know Jake Fromm and and guys like that um and maybe even Justin Herbert although we have our own misgivings with Justin Herbert obviously so I I just you know it's it's going to be a throw of the dice anyway I mean Chase Young is not perfect by any means he has this wide drift he does not cut back to the quarterback very well um, you know, he's not great against the run. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at him against the run. He's not great against the run. I'm seeing a lot of his splashy plays are made against tight ends. I'm seeing a lot of his splashy plays are made because he, he timed the snap really well, which I fell for that once with Bjorn Werner, and, uh, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that again. You know, and so I think that, yes, he's really good, and he deserves his place at the top of this draft as far as the defensive end pass rushers go. But let's not pretend this guy's perfect. Now, Who, me, um, how, how many Super Bowls has JJ Watt won? Well, zero. Right there, you go. Because he's a, he, I mean, he, he is, and the, he's a transcendent the, talent. He is yeah. the first ballot Hall of Fame, walking yeah. mm-hmm. the door, best best defensive player. I mean, yeah, best defensive player since Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he's maybe, he's got an argument, maybe. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and, he, no, and and zero Super Bowls, and I think that's the point that you'll or you always carry with you. Now yeah. let me now let me ask this because we did not envision this being a possibility, but I think it's becoming more and more a possibility, and that is that the Dolphins do not secure the number one overall pick. Mm. Now I don't think that we're in danger of falling to three, so let's just say that they fall to two. What's your course of action, Simon? Well, it depends who's at one. I think. Well, it depends who's one. Which think, team? Which team got it? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. The Bengals. We, we got to okay. assume it's the Bengals that finished well, at one. One, one well, thing but I would maybe it might be the Jets. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think so? Really? Yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, so think about it this way, and this is the reason that I say that if we win a game, we're still going to be in the number one overall pick. So the Jets and the Bengals play one another. Okay. Mm-hmm. So somebody's getting a win there, um, unless they tie. But you know. For all intents and purposes, somebody's getting a win there. Um, we The Jets already have one win over us. We have zero wins. So if, if we beat the Jets this weekend, we're not out of it. In fact, we're still probably going to get the number one overall pick, or at least our destiny is in our hands. If we lose to the Bengals and the Jets, we get the number one overall pick. That's what happens. Um, but the Jets have the strength of schedule advantage over the Dolphins. So And the Bengals do not. So the Bengals still play us. They still play the Jets. They still don't they play the Redskins. I mean, they they play, they play. Um, I think no, they don't play the Redskins. They play somebody. They play somebody else that's like uh, questionable. But anyway, I mean, 
they if they get one win, if they tie us in the win totals, then we get the strength of schedule tiebreak over them. I mean, that's that's so the, the Bang- way it works. Bengals play the Ravens, the Raiders, Pittsburgh, the Jets, the Browns, the Patriots, us, and the Browns. The, so the Browns twice, and they're kind of in the shitter right now. They're not – I mean, they're struggling. Um, and they play the Jets, and they play us. And – if we lose to the Bengals, then that's it. You know, they, they're, they're tied with us in the record and they don't have the strength of schedule tiebreak over us. They're, and it's pretty far away. Now, today, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Le'Veon Bell did a, an interview today where he seemed to be all in on turning this thing around. In fact, he said, stick with us and we will show you that we will turn this around. I think they're too talented. Look at that team. They did not trade away. They did not trade away Robbie Anderson. They did not trade away Le'Veon Bell. Those but they tried. Alone. They yeah. tried. They tried, but they tried to there. trade Jamal Adams. But they tried there. to trade all those guys. But they're still there. I think those two guys are enough because I don't think we can score enough. I think those Adam Gase's offenses are so us. bad on the road. They're so yeah. bad on the road. They're the just. Dolphins- the Dolphins will win this game on Sunday. I think so, too. I they will 100%. win this game. Oh, and I think Adam Gaze will be fired very soon. But, and it could be on Sunday because of the absolute dysfunction that's happening in that team. Well, if they don't win against us. If the Jets lose, I think Adam Gaze will be fired. Um, yeah. You look at the Jamal Adams thing. You look at everything that's happened in the past few days. Um, but I 100% believe the Dolphins will win this game at the weekend yeah and it's really I mean we are we have a worse roster than them there's no doubt let me talk about Levy and Bell Jamal Adams and, and those names and stuff like that but listen you can't win if you don't score right and and Adam Gase is absolutely atrocious at coaching offense on the road period Okay, he's well demonstrated at this. He's done it with, he's been that way with the Jets. He was that way for three years with the Dolphins. Um, he was that way, I believe, in, in Chicago. I mean, it's, it's bad. Okay, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't, whatever it is, it's demonstrated though. And so he's coming down to Miami. And yeah, may, maybe they got some things to say defensively against us, but. If they don't score, then that's it. And right now, what's his name? Sam Darnold is seeing ghosts. So. Yeah. The only thing that I, that I do hang my head on, and maybe I'm being too optimistic here, but I saw that team dismantle a good Cowboys team. Okay? Yeah. Well, now, the problem could have been that the Cowboys did not have Tyron Smith and they did not have Leo uh, Collins in that game. Yeah, that's, and, a big, that's a big problem. And okay. also, the Jets were at home. Yes, mm. and we have seen before how this mighty Cowboys team, and trust me, they are mighty because they played a showdown game against the Eagles and absolutely destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think all three of us think that the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender. At least they were until the Dallas Cowboys beat them 37-10. to 10. Oh, yeah, okay. too injured and not good enough mm. in the secondary. Yeah, and I saw that Jet team dismantle that Cowboys team. And they were at their best. Man, I think their best just murders us. But you do have that. Uh, you do have that, Simon. You do have that, Chris. And Chris makes the point perfectly. Adam Gase on the road is just bad. But maybe, mm. maybe he comes to Miami and he thinks he's at home. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? 
But isn't it so like Adam Gase, though? And because this is what we experienced here. We're like, we won seven games, right? We yes. won seven games. Last year. But in the other nine games, we were atrocious, absolutely bad. Yes. And and that's that's Adam Gase's style. Like he show they show up to well, one save game. For a, save for a couple of games. Yeah. They say, they show up to one game and they can beat anybody, you know. Yeah. And then and then they show up to everybody every other game and it's just absolutely awful. And that's I think that's his style. I think that that but I don't think that's his style on the road. I don't think it's just ever going to happen on the road. Yeah, and yeah, and I agree with you, Simon. He'll be fired very very soon. He okay. ought to be. Yeah, I think so. Now, very quickly, uh, the Dolphins end up with the second overall pick. The Bengals pick Tua Tonga Bailoa first. Mm. What are you doing with that pick, Simon? Hmm. Well, I, don't, I actually um, would question whether or not the Bengals would take Tua because I actually think Herbert and Burrow suit Zach Taylor's system way better if Zach Taylor's still their coach. Mm. Um, mm. What would I do? I don't know what I'd do. Cry? Take <laughs> off? Would you jump, would you package up picks to, if if that's true if Herbert and you know Burrow fit them very well and they they decide that they're open for business on a trade would you package up if it, if it meant I wouldn't I I, I would send them a twenty twenty one first rounder to go to number one just to be I'd sure send them, I'd send them I'd send them more than that okay I would because I just think that you I mean it's not it's not that I it's not that I think. It's not that I think Tua is like the you know most transcendent quarterback ever. It just it's there's a safety involved in Tua as well as you know it's offense and defense I guess with um there's with the Tua pick as well. There's a fit. Yeah, there's a fit. There's a fit issue with Tua um or not issue but like a good in a good way. Yeah. With Tua, I mean it's just, it's just the right pick for the Dolphins um it's aggressive in that he has a high top line or you know a high potential but it's also like he's got a high floor as well I think and um yeah I, I would send I would send a couple of picks up there to I wonder how, to the, make sure I wonder you get how the Bengals would play that because well you can't play I think they with them and dare them to take Tua Tungvalu but then of course you you're met with disaster you know? Well, that's what. Yeah, they might. They might just go ahead and take him. I mean, that's if you're the ba- if you're the Bengals and you've got decent quality on that team, and there is they're they're a better team, or that the sum of their parts is better than their record. If you are the Bengals, and you think you know what, if I fall to two and I take a quarterback that probably best suits better suits our offense, and I'm getting a 2021 first rounder and a 2020 third rounder, for example, you'd you'd do that, right? Because if two is not... I would say so. You know? That, it, it really depends. I mean, you know, we does. talk about better fit. We talk about better fit, but what if the evaluation is just that this quarter... I mean, we know what the evaluation of Tua is, like, for ourselves. You know, Washington could be on the phone going, we'll give you three first-rounders. Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Who knows? Yeah. New England could be on the phone give, saying, we'll give you five mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, think- I, would, I would package up personally. Yeah, I think I think that we're being helped by this Tua injury, by this ankle injury. Yeah, it does enter. You because know, had he a not little... gotten injured, and and had he just cut through the entire college football season, including LSU, and then the mm. playoffs, and cut through all of them unscathed, I think that you don't have the first overall pick. I don't think you get it unless yeah, you no, hope, all of your nobody trades it. 
I hope he doesn't play against LSU either. I'm he's well, not going to be healthy. I'm he's well, not going to be healthy. What's the point in putting yourself at 80% against a ferocious defense with two outstanding cornerbacks in a mano e mano game against Joe Burrow, where if you lose or if you play badly because of the injury, you play a little bit like you did against Clemson last year, just the, the hyperbole around everything to do with that situation just becomes out of control. I just don't think he's got any, I don't think they've got anything to gain. But they're, they're but still they're still going to make the playoff. To Alf's point, though, wouldn't that be good for us? I mean, if they if he goes out there eighty eighty percent and he doesn't do too well, then then this narrative about the big games and they, they I, I notice they always choose the big games as being just the Georgia game and just the yeah, uh, yeah. Clemson game you know, and the Clemson game. But you know, not, this the, not the LSU game or the Auburn right. game or the Ohio exactly. Game or, yeah. <laughs> and no that but that narrative i mean this lsu game is the biggest game of the season all of a sudden um if he and if he doesn't if he doesn't win it forget if it, whether he does well in it or not but if he doesn't win it then that just gets stronger mm. and that increases our odds of getting him one way or another you know it increases our odds of getting him so i'm, I'm kind of like you know i don't want him to get hurt i don't want him to risk anything but kind of hoping <laughs> you know, um, well, I'm, what I'm hoping for is that he gets up there with his whole, with his family at a press conference and says, you know what, I'm shutting it down for the season. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to do that. Though. I, I mean, he did, he did the tightrope. He did the tightrope like that night, that morning. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't do the tightrope if, if that's your intention whatsoever. You do the tightrope only for one reason, and that's because you want to come back as soon as possible. And um, and so that's I mean because it's a risky thing to do, so yeah yeah I mean he's he's gonna play the rest of the year he's gonna try to win that championship and that's why that's why we'd we would want him. All yeah. right, before we pick this game, I gotta get uh, Simon's thoughts on this because he, we didn't get it on the previous pod when we talked about the Kenyon Drake trade. Simon, your thoughts on the Kenyon Drake trade as we speak. The Cardinals are playing the 49ers. They're within a touchdown. Kenyon Drake is having a spectacular game. He's up and over 100 yards total. And he has a touchdown. Your thoughts on that game, on that trade? It's such a difficult one, isn't it? Because so many people are saying, oh, yeah, the Dolphins misused him and they didn't get the best out of him. And and I'm sure that's partly true. But also he was there for four years. Mm. Um, And multiple coaching staffs, decided for whatever reason that he wasn't the guy there has to be you know we don't know we weren't there there has to be some reason why it didn't click you know was it a mental thing was it a physical thing i mean what what was the i don't know the reason only adam gaze brian flores only those guys will know but there was multiple coaching staffs that decided that they weren't going to go to to war with him now good luck to him with arizona i hope he does really well he looks bad for us if he goes and you know runs for a thousand yards and blah 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 he's got talent he's got talent Absolutely. but you know I, i'm kind of sick of seeing guys performing well when they leave miami um hey he's a free but, agent he's a free agent yeah. at the end of the year now the problem is that you know you no longer don't have you don't have him in the building anymore so he's out there and we saw tevin coleman a guy who i think is better than Kenyon drake at least more accomplished than Ken- Kenyon drake you know, he got nothing. He got $4 million from the San Francisco 49ers. And now he's playing well for the 49ers, but he didn't get that much money. So maybe they can make another run at Kenyon Drake, but I think that he's going to be highly sought after. Can That's I just make a season. final point about Chase Young also? I, sure. I think that the Dolphins will have sorted out the defensive end situation, at least in the front line. 
during free agency. Chris and I have I, I agree added an item about Yannick and Gakway, who mm-hmm. I would be amazed isn't a high level free at front and center free agent target for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm, I sure. think that the Dolphins will be out of the Chase Young game because they'll have sorted the defensive line out to a decent degree in free agency. They have to have a plan of attack. Mm-hmm. And maybe its plan of attack is, you know, offensive line, defensive line in free agency. And I mean, who knows what it is? And then other positions during the we don't know. But I, I would I would be amazed if we go to the draft without a front line defensive end and the roster also, who we've paid a lot of money for in free agency. Yeah, and they've also seemed to have hit bingo on Vince Beagle, who is yeah among yeah. the top ten in pressures in, in the NFL. I, would have thought that. I mean, you, look, you watch that Pittsburgh game, and there's clearly some keepers on that team. I thought McMillan played pretty well. They clearly like Baker, and he's he's playing better now. The team is playing better. There's a couple, you know, John Jenkins played well. You know, Jenkins has played well. You know. There's more to come from Christian Wilkins. Obviously, Howard played well. Even some of those DBs didn't do too badly. You know, mm-hmm. the Ryan, Ryan, the Ryan Lewis kid. I mean, I thought he played. I thought he played a half decent game. You know, he wasn't too bad. Um, but there's clearly pieces there. I mean, for me, the worst thing is that offensive line is horrendous. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. horrendous. There's not a single player on there that should be starting next season. And in terms of pass pressure from the perimeter, I think there's a. That's why they're relying on Beagle and they're relying on on Baker. But, yeah, I'm with you. you. Know, I'm I, with you. I, I didn't think I, so. I hundred percent think that they will target someone like Yannick and Gakway, uh, which will make Chase Young a little bit more irrelevant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, abs- I absolutely agree with you. I didn't think so before that, uh, especially on the offensive line. I thought that we can salvage a couple of guys, but no, nah, this is you know this is just tear it all down. Uh, five new guys next year. I think so. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, these guys. There's nothing there. There really is nothing there. And Dieter's getting worse. As the mm. games go on, he's not looking better. He's not improving. I, I hope what they do is they don't stick with Dita for stick with Dita's sake. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. You know, we, we, we spent a third-round pick on him, so we have to see. You know, there's nothing wrong with putting him. There's nothing wrong with signing Andrus Pete from the Saints and playing him at left guard and thinking, you know, we can – Dita can, can be a backup and he can learn from a guy who's been an all, you know, a borderline all-pro player. I, I just don't want them to stick with the guy just because they feel like they have to stick with him because they, they paid a high draft pick for him. That that to me is just redundant. As that That's not how you, you do football. It's um, not supposed I, to be this staff's style to do that. No, like, exactly. You know, coming from where they came from. And it's a little concerning even to this. I mean, probably nitpicky because we're only seven games in. But he hasn't earned that spot. He never no. really earned that spot in the starting no. lineup and he continues to not necessarily earn it. And I, I just wonder about that because, well, I mean, maybe now that we maybe, maybe now we see some movement because frankly, they've got Julian Davenport coming back to practice and they've got oh uh, Daniel Kilgore coming back to practice. So what does that do? I mean, if, if Daniel Kilgore starts a center again, Evan Bame can go somewhere else, right? That's the key go somewhere. I found one. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, maybe, but um, he can go somewhere else. And Julian Davenport, you know, he can maybe play right tackle in place of Jesse Davis, who's been horrendous there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jesse did that frees Jesse Davis to go to to left or right guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he so he think, can play either one. I think you could. Have, I think you could have a better line with Webb, Bohm, Kilgore, Davis, Davenport. That to me is a is probably the best that they have that they can yeah. play out on the field. 
and then it's just Webb at left tackle, which is really yeah, you know it's but still what horrific. You, but what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put well, somebody out there. This is the part that I dreaded because all of us are perfect. We're all seven and zero because all we've done is pick against the Dolphins. Now, who should I go to first? Who's going to surprise me? I thought it was only going to be one of us, but it could be that there could be two. So I'm going to go to Simon first. What I'm happened going. Sunday, Simon? The, the Dolphins win, oh, and the Dolphins win by a score of 23 to 14. Wow. Mm. Okay. Chris? I'm going to say the Dolphins win 10-3. 2-0. 2 you know what? I'm going to keep the faith around here. Like, isn't this the Adam Gase revenge game? We saw Adam Gase annihilate the Denver Broncos. Of course he did. That's in the, that's in the Meadowlands. That'll come. Okay. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's, what, that's what scares me. What scares me is that he loses this one, and then when we go to the Meadowlands is when he hangs the 42-6 to six game on us. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to say that the Jets have too much. Sam Darnold, I think, finds it within himself to play well he's played well before he's not this bad and i don't think he's gonna see ghosts okay i think he plays well enough and well enough could be 21 points so i'm gonna say that they score 21 points and they beat the dolphins 21 to 20 this sunday and the dream stays alive all right that's it there is no more the next time we talk to you we will have the result of this of this game which I don't know. Kind of nervous here. One and seven, baby. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, let's One and seven ain't bad. Let, let, it, it ain't. No, it's not. It's but it's not perfect. And I want to. Well, we perfect. can get number one. We just have to lose to the Bengals and Jets the next time. Yeah, but now now you need to do things. Okay. I'd rather just no. lose and lock this up with like four games to go, and then and then start rooting for 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 wins. You know what I mean? You just don't want to burn off our buffer. We have a one game buffer. Oh. oh. I want to lock this thing up. I want to put this to bed as soon as possible. All right, that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.